This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christensen. And you can track us down at reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, definitely go take advantage, sign up, and uh, snag your free 31-page uh, PDF for the top 200 drugs where I uh, lay out really uh, real-world uh, important pearls with uh, each of those uh, drugs in the top 200. So a uh, great little resource there if you're studying for any you know, board exams or anything, uh, pharmacology classes, anything coming up there. So uh, go snag that at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, so we're going to get into it today. Uh, covering Prasegrel. Uh, brand name of this medication is Effient. And this medication is classified uh, broadly as an antiplatelet agent. A little bit more narrowly, uh, it is a P2Y12 inhibitor. So P2Y12 is actually part of uh, ADP receptors, and those receptors are found on platelets. So to have its antiplatelet activity, uh, the drug binds to that P2Y12 part of the ADP receptors, and ultimately this uh, inhibits the function of the platelet to be activated and to bind and stick to other platelets. Okay, And what that's going to do uh, is play into the fact that this is going to inhibit platelet aggregation and help prevent uh, blockages within vessels. So the primary indication here for Prasegrel, you'll see it used in acute coronary syndromes uh, where patients are, are undergoing PCI and they've got stents and things like that. Uh, so STEMI, uh, non-STEMI, uh, unstable angina, those are uh, examples of you know, varying degrees of uh, heart attacks, basically, where we've got uh, blockages uh, in the uh, vessels there. And this antiplatelet agent, uh, often used in, in combination with aspirin, uh, is going to help prevent another blockage from occurring. So let's talk about uh, adverse effect profile a little bit. Uh, the biggest thing with this medication is bleed risk, and, and that's pretty blatant, pretty obvious. Uh, anytime you thin the blood, you're going to help uh, with preventing blockages and blood clots and things of that nature. Uh, however, you are going to increase that, that bleed risk, of course. So I kind of try to think about patients that might be at a little bit more of an increased risk. Uh, so, you know, Patients with renal disease, for example, they, you know, may have some alterations and concentrations of this drug a little bit. Uh, liver problems, patients uh, already maybe have a little bit of trouble uh, with their uh, clotting cascade. Uh, they may be at a little bit more increased risk if they've got significant uh, hepatic impairment there. Also, if you've got a patient with a past um, you know, GI ulceration history, 
that it's maybe unknown or we don't have an exact cause. Uh, they, they may be a little bit more prone to something like that. Obviously, Prasagrel, uh, along with any other antiplatelet agent, could potentially exacerbate that. A uh, few other things as far as using this medications and, and medication and things to think about. So patients who have had a, a TIA or stroke in the past are actually at a little bit higher risk for uh, complications, bleed, intracranial hemorrhage, things of that nature. So Prasagrel specifically uh, is recommended to be avoided in that, that patient population. So in that setting, you're probably going to look to uh, another antiplatelet agent, another P2Y12 inhibitor. Another patient population, uh, Prasagrel shows up on the beers list. And again, that's due to bleed risk, but specifically, uh, beers list is a geriatric criteria, meds to, to try to avoid. Um, specifically, they say greater than or equal to age 75. If patients in that age group, uh, they probably are at higher risk for uh, complications uh, uh, from bleeding. So definitely remember that one as well. Uh, surgery, very, very important. Anytime you've got a medication that can interrupt uh, platelet activation, uh, you know, clotting cascade, you've got to remember that patients who are undergoing surgery are go going to be at risk there. So, uh, you know, most situations with Prasagrel, you're, you're looking probably at that uh, five to seven day period for being off the medication. Again, this is a, a really a clinical judgment as far as uh, invasiveness of the surgery versus the risk of somebody having an event if they come off of that medication for a period of time. So kind of a lot of clinical judgment uh, in that surgical space as to whether to uh, hold the medication or whether uh, to con continue it. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and then we will wrap up with drug interactions. MedEd101.com is proud to sponsor the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. If you're looking for resources on clinical pharmacy, uh, practice pearls, as well as board certification study material, uh, definitely go check out the growing list of resources at MedEd101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, recently, as of uh, producing this podcast, we've got uh, updated content for BCPS, BCGP, uh, ambulatory care certification, as well as the MTM uh, certification there as well. In addition, if you're a pharmacy student, go check out our NAPLEX resources at rxgrad.com. Drug interactions with Prasagrel are pretty simple, pretty straightforward for the most part. Uh, so common sense tells us if we've got patients on any medication that's going to thin the blood, so let's say some of our newer anticoagulants, uh, warfarin, uh, aspirin, NSAIDs, those are all examples of meds that are going to potentiate that bleeding risk. So very, very important to go through that medication list ask about over-the-counters. So, so important to do that. Uh, many, many patients take ibuprofen, they take naproxen. Really got to pay attention to that and make sure we aren't putting them at increased risk of bleed uh, when we're using uh, these antiplatelet medications with uh, NSAIDs there. 
Uh, one last drug interaction I, I did want to mention that's you know a little bit controversial as to how much of an effect it has, but uh, morphine has has often been uh, referred to uh, being used in ACS, at least in, in the past. Uh, this medication, morphine, can potentially uh, reduce the effects of Prasegrel. So it may inhibit oh, that antiplatelet effect, which obviously could put our patient at risk for uh, more negative cardiovascular outcomes. So uh, morphine in, in general uh, you know, is, is typically avoided if possible uh, in the setting of acute pain due to ACS. Um, but it's important to uh, remember why it is avoided there. And certainly we've got plenty of risk with opioids in general. Uh, but the, the added effect of potentially reducing the effectiveness of that Prasegrel is an important thing to note there. So really, morphine uh, reserved generally only if patients are, are in severe, severe pain. Uh, in that setting of uh, ACS or associated with their uh, acute coronary syndrome. Uh, one other thing I, I did want to mention, uh, specifically with clopidogrel and prasigrel. So clopidogrel, uh, you can go listen to the, the previous podcast on that. It is in the, the same class of medications. And they're often or can be substituted for each other. In one situation, I've definitely seen Prasegrel substituted for Clopidogrel is in the situation where we know we have a patient potentially with genetic variations uh, and or drug interactions by CYP2C19. Okay, so if you've got genetic, genetic variations, CYP2C19 is very critical to Clopidogrel because that is the enzyme that clopidogrel is activated by. And if we don't have that enzyme, or it's not functioning properly, or it's being inhibited by drugs, we have the potential to lose that effectiveness of clopidogrel. So just wanted to point out that situation, that scenario, where you may see uh, prasigrel, uh, preferentially used over clopidogrel, even though it's more expensive and other th things and has some of those risks that I, I talked about as well uh, earlier in the, the podcast here. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, if you found something beneficial here, uh, definitely leave us a, a kind rating review on iTunes. Those are all greatly appreciated or wherever else you're listening. Uh, so, so appreciative of, of all the uh, kind reviews thus far. Uh, share us with a friend, colleague, uh, email list that, that you're a part of. Uh, definitely trying to uh, educate as many healthcare professionals uh, as possible about the importance of uh, medications, medication management, and, of course, uh, pharmacology as well. Thanks for listening. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.